Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 13th of July. The World Health Organisation says the COVID pandemic is not over, with infection rates continuing to soar across the world. WHO Chief Tedros Gabriasis says the virus is running free, putting even more strain on hospitals and health workers. As transmission and hospitalizations rise, governments must also deploy tried and tested measures like masking, improved ventilation and test and treat protocols. And as the third wave of COVID sweeps across Australia, calls are growing for mask mandates and a return to work from home for employees. Masks in indoor settings are being strongly recommended by health authorities, with the Omicron's BA4 and BA5 subvariants more infectious than previous strains. Here's Dr Chris Moy from the AMA. Very worried about this next wave that's going to hit us in the next probably, you know, two to six weeks and, and you know, it's going to be very hairy for the rest of winter for, for everybody and so it's pretty very, very serious. And a cruise ship at the centre of a COVID outbreak will dock in Sydney today. At least 100 crew and passengers have tested positive on the Coral Princess. Free rapid antigen tests for pensioners, seniors, concession card holders and veterans will finish at the end of this month despite cases surging. Pharmaceutical Society of Australia National President Dr Faye Sims says we could see a decline in testing numbers. Case numbers and hospitalisations are actually rising every single day as we speak and timely access to affordable rapid antigen tests um, will cease to continue by the end of this month and this actually is discouraging testing at the time where we should be encouraging more testing and not less. Meantime, clinical trials are underway for a new Omicron booster that is almost twice as effective at combating the new subvariants. According to Moderna, it continues to perform better than the current booster, fighting both the new variants and original COVID strains. It's hoped Australia may be one of the first countries to access it once it's been approved. And briefly, in other news this morning, the Prime Minister will travel to Fiji today for critical talks with leaders at the Pacific Islands Forum. Regional security, economic recovery from COVID-19 and climate change are set to be top of the agenda. It comes as the US plans to expand its diplomatic presence in the Pacific to counter the growing influence of China. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to Victoria firstly where the state government is under fire for ignoring health advice from its chief health officer to introduce a mask mandate. But as Melbourne reporter Celeste Mitsu reports, the state's new health minister says it's not the answer. That's right, Tash. The new health minister, Marianne Thomas, has actually rejected CHO advice to bring back mask mandates. Instead, face coverings indoors are now strongly encouraged as is working from home. Further mandating of masks was not the most effective way to get the message out about the importance of mask wearing. We need to empower Victorians to make their own decisions. But epidemiologist Nancy Baxter all but ruled on nine this as a political move. They're not suggesting a mask mandate because it's easy to do. They know a mask mandate is challenging. There is a clear disconnect here and it's been made crystal clear by this announcement. It follows fresh health data suggesting hospitalisations could peak at 180 a day, even with masks on, 
but no change would see an increase to 200 a day with up to 5,000 by the end of next month. The 12-week immunity period for those infected has also been reduced to four weeks. And to Queensland, and a search and rescue operation to find three missing fishermen in the far north of the state is now being scaled back. Emergency services have found a number of personal items, but there's been no sign of the men since they left for the trip on Friday. Our reporter Jessica Heatley has the details. Good morning, Tash. The group set off from Mission Beach south of Cairns and were reported overdue on Saturday, sparking a search in the air and on sea. One man was found and taken to safety, but aircraft, water police and marine rescue still haven't been able to find his mates. But Acting Inspector Brett Jenkins says they're not giving up. We will start to scale back our aerial and sea assets, but we will increase our land-based assets and focus more on the coastlines, particularly from the Cowley Beach area north. The men's families have been kept up to date on the latest development and police are asking boaties to report any debris or sightings. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. Many Australians we know at the moment are concerned about their ever-increasing household budgets and, of course, the health of the economy overall. And it's good to see we're not alone. Yeah, we're definitely not. And confidence is certainly dropping. Um, and two surveys that have come out definitely show this. So the latest consumer and business surveys show that both households and businesses are increasingly less confident about the economy. And we know rising interest rates, the high inflation, they're basically the key drivers here. So the Westpac Melbourne Institute Index of Consumer Sentiment, which is a real crucial economic indicator, fell 3%. Now, that's dropped for the seventh straight month in July to 83.8 points. Now, that dropped about 20% touch since Christmas. So that's a big deal. And NAB's business confidence fell by five points to one point in June and now it sits below its long-term average. Now, typically when confidence goes down, we spend less. But it's interesting to see that ABS data also came out showing household spending rose 7.9% in May compared with a year ago. Um, a lot of uh, money spent on miscellaneous goods, hotels, cafes, restaurants and so on. But when you look at more recent data like the Comset Household Spending Intention Report for June, because remember the other one was May, we are pulling back and we're pulling back on discretionary spending. Retail's down, home buying is down and entertainment fell. And of course, Tasha, all eyes will be on job numbers out tomorrow. It's expected to show a slowing employment growth. About 15,000 up to 25,000 jobs are expected to be added, but the unemployment rate to fall to 3.8%. So if we've got a tight labour market, high inflation numbers, they're coming out at the end of this month, then that is pointing to the RBA moving possibly another 0.5% in August. Talking about the economy and spending up big major changes on the way for the multi-billion dollar buy now, pay later system. Yeah, it's uh, certainly not having a good time. Buy now, pay later is in the headlines quite a lot. Um, latest news, obviously, is that we saw the Commonwealth Bank cop a multi-billion dollar hit to its investment in Klarna. Its value plunged. And then there was a collapse of the, uh, collapse, sorry, of the Zip uh, Zessel merger. Now, the market really is facing a perfect storm here. We've got rising interest rates, bad debt, and competition from just about every payment marketplace. And of course, the big one, this looming regulation. 
So a lot of market analysts say not all buy now, pay later companies will survive. And as for consumers, well, it's going to get probably a little harder to get approval for a buy now, pay later facility. Earlier this week, it was reported that the Assistant Treasurer, Stephen Jones, says that buy now, pay later will be treated as credit. And the government will consult stakeholders, including the industry, consumer groups and regulators on how to process with this. Because let's face it, it is credit. Even though there's no interest, it is a loan. And it's not completely free. I mean, if you miss one payment, it can be as high as $10 in late fees on a $150 purchase. That cost to the percentage is a massive 6.67%. And look, I would say lay-by would be cheaper, but I hate to say this. Recently, there's been price hikes, even with lay-by. Big W recently increased its non-refundable lay-by fee from $5 to $15. So that could add an extra 10% on, you know, lay buying $150 worth of items. Plus a cancellation fee of $20 also applies. Yeah, big costs across the board. Thanks so much, Evie. Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. Brett, we're super excited tonight. Is the night with New South Wales going head-to-head with Queensland in the NRL State of Origin decider in Brisbane? Yes, good morning, Tash. New South Wales will start favourite. History is against them, though. They haven't actually won a decider in Brisbane since 2005. They've lost five in a row, but Queensland is without Cam Munster, their superstar playmaker. He's got COVID. Uh, Freddie, Brad Fittler, the coach of uh, the Blues, says that uh, their record at Suncorp Stadium will play a role tonight. No, we don't fear it. To sort of just brush over it uh, would be a mistake. So to have 50,000 and obviously they're not cheering for you, but it's pretty privileged to get being position. And the mind games are in full swing in terms of selection. Uh, New South Wales naming uh, Knights prop Jacob Saifidi on the field despite Junior Paulo saying that he would start in the front row. He's been named on the bench. And in terms of who replaces Cam Munster, well the Maroons are going to keep us guessing until team sheets are released an hour before kickoff. Will it be Ben Hunt promoted to start in the number six or Tom Dearden, the debutante from uh, the Cowboys? Billy Slater says that if Dearden does get the gig, he won't be overawed. I've said to Tom a number of times throughout the series, if he was wearing a Maroon jersey in a State of Origin game, I wouldn't be concerned one bit. And now he's going to be and I'm, I'm not concerned one bit. I'm, I'm really, really confident in Tom. I love the way he plays his football. He's a true competitor. And just in some NRL news, Storm hooker Brandon Smith has copped a three-match ban after admitting to calling referee Adam G a cheat in their loss to the Sharks last week. Oh, don't call them a cheat. Now, talking about AFL, Brett, North Melbourne's on the hunt for a fourth coach in just five years after parting company with David Noble. Yeah, David Noble was there for less than two seasons, 38 games in charge, 32 of those uh, losses. So, yeah, he left the club yesterday and now uh, they're on the hunt for another coach, as you mentioned. But who would want to go there, um, given they don't seem to be given a lot of time and there's a lot of disarray going on behind the scenes uh, with their chief executive, Ben Armafio. Some talk that he might be the next to fall as well. Now, they will reportedly reach out to Alastair Clarkson about his interest in the role. He's a full-time premiership coach and former chairman and James Brayshaw says that Clarko would be their top choice, but he revealed the other experienced candidates he would target. Well, you would certainly be speaking to him. That's your first call, no doubt. But he's not the only one. I mean, you'd, I 100% agree that mm. they would, they should be uh, very quickly canvassing him. But Don Pike, we spoke to on the weekend, yeah. I would definitely be calling him. Ross Lyon, who works with us. And just some basketball news to wrap up. The Aussie Boomers have begun their Asian Cup uh, campaign in style, defeating Jordan 70-68. to 68. Former NBA product Thon Maker starring with 20 three points in their, their first first of the group matches. Who's your tip for tonight, Brett? Uh, New South Wales.
Oh, okay, I'll go Queensland. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you, Tash. <laughs> And the Emmy nominations are out this morning. Succession is leading the charge with 25 nominations, while Squid Game has scored a Best Drama nomination as well as 13 other bids. While the highly successful Stranger Things Season 4 received 13 nominations. And Australian actress Tony Collette has been nominated for an Emmy for her role in the true crime series The Staircase. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day, stay safe, and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.